Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Utah, give me two. Hey, look at us. We're up close and personal today on the Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. I am Michael Govier. I am one of the hosts of the show, along with Phil Goyette, who's been my partner on the show for a long while now. And now we have our third leg of the tripod, trifecta, the triumvirate. And hopefully we don't end up like the triumvirate of Rome with Benjamin Chase joining the show. Let's give it up for Ben. Hey. All right. Ben is officially uh, going to be a regular now on the show. When Phil's not here, he could just be the main man. And when all three of us are here, we can all talk. Yeah, Phil. Sounds good. Uh, uh, Tripod, uh, there was a bum actually downtown Flint growing up whose nickname was Tripod because he only had Mm. one leg. So he had the crutches and one leg. So everybody called him Tripod. Every town has, um, this is a standard issue, United States of America. By the way, do they have homeless people in Ireland? Yes. Yeah, it's it's actually taken as like uh uh kind of like a nationwide shame type problem to have homeless people. So they know the exact number even. Uh it's something wow, like nine thousand wow. and some change right now. Yeah. Yeah, people are like upset that people are sleeping on the street. So as they should be. It's bizarre. Right. It's very yeah. very bizarre at the Okay, we don't. Well, you guys have come here for this. You're here. We only got 30 minutes, so we got to haul ass. We're going to talk about prospects today. We're going to talk a little bit about the College World Series, what Ben has saw, what Phil is seeing, some of the players that maybe you should be interested in or even be aware of. And we're going to be super up close today because for some reason, this is the only format. Usually the show is in the triple box, but we're in the super tight, like uh, around the horn version, there I guess, go. of the oh, show today. Like the, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a, a points thingy. I could give you guys points for your genius answers and take it away from you, which would let you know how I really feel about you. That would be cool, but I don't have that system here, so we're just going to have to go with what we got. Uh, ben, the College World Series is now down to its final eight, right? Eight, eight, eight teams? to Omaha. So, and it's been a wild affair, too, right? It it has, and, and for the third straight year, the number one team is not going to Omaha, which is really crazy, and especially this year because – Tennessee might have had one of the all-time great regular seasons in college baseball history, and they're not going, which is really kind of crazy to think about. Um, But it just so happened they ran into – there was a study thing that uh, Baseball America did, kind of how they got here article they put together today that came out as uh, highlighting all the regional teams, and they scaled who had the most – 
experience as far as pitching and who had the most experience as far as hitting. And of the eight teams, they're ranked number one in both. They kind of ran into the most experienced team that was in that they could have possibly ran into. Tennessee did. And it just showed. I mean, Notre Dame did not get flat by anything. And Tennessee, Tennessee is a has been a very emotional team all year long. And they rode that all year. Somebody would come through with high emotions all year. And you saw it. One of the, their star players, who's probably a first-round guy got thrown out of the game on Friday, missed Saturday's game because of it. But also as part of that, they lost their pitching coach for the rest of the weekend. And that was a big stinking deal because then he wasn't there to call pitches the rest of the weekend. And so who knows what that might have cost them, especially Sunday, because Sunday they did get that outfielder back. They got Drew Gilbert back, but then they didn't have their pitching coach when it really counted. And, you know, they're trying to make this comeback. They didn't, you know, maybe they aren't calling the right sequence of pitches. Who knows? You know, and you just don't have that guy who can, who's really in touch with the pitchers on the mound. And some folks said that their starter stayed on the mound for too long on Sunday. It's just a lot of things. But what ended up happening is you end up with a one team out of the uh, top four seeds made it to Omaha, just one, which is remarkable. Stanford at number two is the only top four seed that made it to Omaha. Um, Out of the top, you know, the teams that host are considered the top 16 seeds, and only four of those top 16 made it. So, I mean, half of the field is, is, were not hosts. They had to go on the road in order to make it to Omaha, which is really, I mean, this is kind of a remarkable field to make it to Omaha. So it's kind of fun. That said, a lot of folks don't understand. These are not bad teams. One of those teams that was not a host team was a top 10 team in three different major rankers at the end of the season. D1 baseball, (coughs) excuse me, D1 baseball, baseball America, both had them as top 10, Oklahoma did, or Oklahoma at the very end of the season, and they did not end up getting a top seed just because, kind of frankly, the Big 12 sucked this year. Um, so it Aww. really hurt, it hurt their PowerPoints. They got three teams in the World Series, in the College World Series, though. And, you know, <clears throat> that you end up with, well, AM isn't anymore. They're in the SEC now, yeah. SEC. Sorry. So, oh, Je- Phil's living in the past. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, that's Keep a, up that with your Come on. Look that at that. Always but, feels weird. But then, you know, Texas and Mississippi both early on in the season before Tennessee really took off, they both were number one for a short time. And Stanford was the number two team in the country, kind of consensus at the end of the season. So these are not bad clubs. These are really good teams. But what they don't have is a star. And it yeah. could be very possible that of these of these teams we have in Omaha, you might see one pl- – it could be as few as one player gets drafted in the first day of the draft, which is our first two rounds and the two supplemental rounds. You could only see one guy go in those rounds. It's very possible. Now, 
looking at this, it's very feasible. You could have as many as a half dozen, depending on how certain guys are valued. But it's absolutely possible as few as one go. I mean, there's kind of one guy that's almost guaranteed he's going to be a guy that goes in those first two rounds and two supplementals. But other than that. What? Brock Jones? Brock Jones. I got it right. Look at me. Yay. And and, and he's kind of. He's kind of the easy guy that, frankly, he ties into someone else we want to talk a, a little bit about because he's his swing reminds me a lot of, of your boy uh, Stowers, Kyle Stowers, who's uh, now up in the majors. And uh, swing-wise, it's a very, very similar swing. Now, Kyle wishes he could play defense anywhere close to Brock Jones. Uh, oh, Brock boy. Brock went to Stanford as a dual sport athlete. He went there as a football and baseball player and he plays center field kind of like a safety would. Um, He tries to tackle the outfield fence, which is usually not advisable. Uh, But he also chases down baseballs about like a a cornerback or a free safety would as well. And just has incredible instincts out there. And it's, he's fun to watch play just because he goes all out on defense and you just, it's for one, it's fun to watch college guys because they do that. But for, for the guys that actually have the talent that could take it to the next level, you want to see a guy that plays like that, that has a major league future. Cause you like watching guys in the major leagues that play like that. Cause yeah. too many just kind of, Oh, that ball's going over my head. Well, shoot. You know, we watched that no-hitter of that got lost by the Cardinals. I was like, Harrison Bader got turned around a little bit, but that was one of the hardest balls for a center fielder to field. A straight-at-you ball. And he was on that ball, working to track it all the way to the end, and it was absolutely over his head. It was one of the hardest plays a center fielder can make, a straight-at-you ball over your head. And he is doing everything in his power because he wanted to make that last out of a no-hitter. That's what you want to see out of ball players, And that's the type of guy you got in Brock Jones. And so, I mean, he's he's that guy. He's absolutely going to go. He's got that big, powerful swing. Plus, he's got the athleticism and speed to where he could be a guy that ends up giving you, at full development, a possible 2015 type of a guy. And maybe a little bit more power if he develops. He's not as big as Stowers, but the swing is very similar. He's more six foot, six foot one, whereas Stowers is more six three. You know, so a little bit less of the big, big body, but the same type of a swing when he comes to the plate. So I mean, he's looking to put the ball in the seats every time, and he's done it pretty well during during the World yeah. Series so far. He's been a fun one to watch. Um, Phil, other than that, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, was, I'm with Ben on, I'm with Ben on that. Um, I think you had, uh, who's the Arkansas kid, Paulette? Yeah, Peyton Paulette, the pitcher who would probably be going higher if he wasn't hurt, right? Yep, yep. Um, you know, Robert, Bobby Moore, Robert Moore, um, Bobby Moore's kid. That's the GM. Dayton, uh, Moore, yeah. Dayton Moore's kid. Sorry, that's the GM yeah. of the Royals. I thought he was going to be a better prospect than he has. He is now projected to be. 
Um, I, yeah. I think he might be able to hit. So let's see what he does when he gets drafted. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that can take the next step when he when he gets into the pros. Um, he's kind of like on him. Yeah. The Ivan Melendez, the Hispanic Titanic for Texas, uh, can really hit. So the you know obviously is limited defensively to first base, um, first base DH type, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go first day somewhere. So, um, but yeah, outside of that, like you said, Ben, it's like none of the major prospects are really on the board as far as in the College World Series. So, but <laughs> you have a lot of deep teams, like uh, the Stanford yeah. lineups deep. One through nine, everybody can hit a little bit. That whole lineup can. Um, and I'm thinking part of it, too, I think I saw in the one of the Texas A&M games on the broadcast, I think they said they brought in six players this year as transfers yeah. who were all getting, like, playing time, right? So all <laughs> contributors to the team. So I'm wondering if it's, if it's a situation where these um, big programs – uh, and a, maybe not big baseball programs, but big schools in a big conference like Texas A&M, like, uh, oh, God, I don't know, big ACC school. I guess Notre Dame maybe kind of fits the bill. If they're maybe going to get an advantage now because they will be an attractive place for transfers to go to, and with transfer rules loosening up, it might be easier for those teams to rebuild year over year as opposed to, like, East Carolina, you know, has to get the right group of kids and build them up for three or four years to get to a World Series challenge or like, uh, I don't know, UC Santa Barbara or um, teams that are generally good baseball programs, UNC Wilmington, I don't know. But um, they're going to have a hard time getting the transfers in, and those kids might transfer if they're not getting the opportunities there. So well, I don't just know if that's Im- part of it or not. But. Imagine East Carolina with a not-suspended Carson Wisenhunt in that yeah. series against Texas. I mean, they go up head-to-head with Texas, played some really tough games. So, granted, one of them got done at, like, 4 in the morning because of rain, um, which I'm sure didn't really help things. But that was a really good series. And they beat Texas's ace. You know, that's flat out. They beat the ace of Texas in that series. That's what you got to do. Is but that Stevens? Um, Hanson. Beat Hanson. Oh, it's Hanson. Oh. Probably their, their best draft prospect. Let's put it that way. Um Maybe not their overall ace, but definitely their best draft prospect for Texas. And and then they go in and they just don't have that that big arm that can just shut another team down like they would have if they would have Wisenhunt. And for a school like East Carolina, you bring in a Wisenhunt once in a blue moon. Whereas, yep. like, you know, I, I'm just – going like a guy a team like Oklahoma one of the things I love about Oklahoma's program they don't have 98 off the mound in droves but good lord do they have depth in pitching they just have pitcher after pitcher after pitcher that comes off the mound and can give you stuff and three four average pitches at least or better that's tough at the college level and I mean, that's impressive to watch with that the depth of that team. Um, the other guy, and Phil mentioned uh, Melendez, the other guy I think is just kind of crushing the ball right now and might crush his way into a first-day selection is Caden Wallace of Arkansas. Um, yeah, he's more intriguing, too, because he's more versatile, right? 
Yeah, he's he started out as just an outfielder and really was kind of seen like that, but he's really handled third okay this year. It definitely has the arm for it, but uh, instincts not sure how he's gonna uh, work his way into uh, if he's gonna be a major league third baseman, if he's gonna be able to handle that, but arm wise. He could definitely handle the outfield. And you put him into a corner outfield spot, he's definitely going to be capable there. The bat has shown well this year overall, but man, since he's since you've gotten into regionals and super regionals, boy, he's shown out. And that's one of the great things, you know, like it or not, the draft moving back a little bit, this has really allowed some kids to show out. And a yeah. guy like Wallace very likely moved himself into the first day from perhaps a third, fourth round pick to very feasibly a solid second round pick right now with the performance he's had in the super regionals and especially in the super regionals. So team, I, th- I would think teams would like it, right? I mean, you get another look, but not only get another look, it's against the best um, college um, teams that they're playing against too, the top yeah. talent. So toughest games, highest pressure situations, it seems like in general between that and then we've got the um, I don't know if it started today the combine this week yeah um, has a lot of big names in it as well and that's just at least another chance for teams to look at kids I know there's some weird thing where they can uh, opt into a medical if they can opt into a medical evaluation at the combine uh, and if they if the player does the medical evaluation at the combine then the team has to offer them X percent of that slot bonus for the pick that they use on him. Yeah. Um, I think if it's wow. my, if I'm an agent and that's my player, there's no chance in hell I'm having them do a medical with the team unless I know that it's clean, clean, clean. Cause I just think the team's going to use it against them. Like we saw what happened with Kamar Rocker last year. Um, but that yeah. being said, this is kind of an interesting wrinkle and it gives the teams another shot, more information. Um, so the next month is kind of going to be interesting. I had no idea there was a combine. Uh, I mean, I I should have assumed there was an MLB combine, but you don't hear much about it. Uh, Well, I had one one last year, um, and this year's is bigger, and there's more bigger prospects, it seems like, participating in it. So It's it's really kind of – it's one of those things we move the draft back, and that and then the draft league are two things that that have kind of come out of that because they've got this – the draft moving back. And on top of that, the Cape Cod League – being somewhere where draft prospects can actually go to improve their stock, um, yep. especially guys who are eligible and yet young enough to where they are still desirable for the Cape Cod League. Usually Cape Cod kind of likes the sophomores or Juco guys. And one of those right now is Cam Collier, who's going to be playing in the Cape Cod League as a 17-year-old. Um, yep. who played Juco this year and very well could, you know, I personally think he's definitely a top 10 pick. I, I absolutely could see him moving himself way up in Cape Cod ball. If he goes out and he punches big time college kids in the mouth with his, you know, on the field, that, that could be huge for him. But wow. um, what I do think second day in the draft, what almost every single team that made it this year has is one hell of a good defensive catcher that's draft eligible. Almost every one of them. 
And some of them, Hayden Dunhurst coming out of out of high school was an elite defensive catcher. And nobody touched him because his commitment to Mississippi was really strong. I mean, that he was first round talent, but nobody touched. I think he might have even been like a 39th round pick that year. We still had 40 rounds at that time. Um, but there's a catcher on every, like almost every one of these clubs that's draft worthy. And you could see four or five catchers go off the board that play in Omaha in day day two of the draft, where they're going to be yep. that third through 10th round and good defense, college experience, a bat that might work as a pro bat, if nothing else could work as a, you know, backup catcher with the defense ability and so. That's something that almost every team loves to spend their day two pick on because you can usually sign that guy for a little bit less, and he's probably going to do fairly well in your system for a few years. So, ah, okay. Uh, Donovan wants to know: Do any of you know what events are involved in the MLB Combine? I, I honestly don't. I, it's a bunch of it's a it's a bunch of different stuff. The prep kids are actually playing games. Yeah. So they're having oh. prep versus prep games. Um, and then I think there are some kind of agility type drills. I don't know if it's the same level of the NFL one, um, the underwear Olympics like they do in the NFL, but, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's, there's also agility drills and skills drills that they're doing too for teams. So, um, and then like it probably interviews and stuff, they get to talk to the kids and That's, then there's the process with the medicals too. So, yeah, I, I know the interview thing is a big part of it. It, it kind of brings everyone together for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see a three cone drill or anything like that. That you yeah, know, yeah. Used to see. <laughs> I, I, or you know, I don't see, you know, or I don't imagine you're going to see catchers throwing to second base on a, you know, in a line and just see how many have a pop time two seconds or less. You know, I don't think that's the the point of this. That's more of your high school showcases during the summer. But yeah, I, I do. I guess I know that the one time at one point original talk was to try to have a home run derby, which I thought would be kind of fun to do as part of this, to just kind of let the kids show off their raw, the college kids, you know, just, you know, pick your, your own home run pitcher, come out and just show off your raw. But other than that, I don't know really what else you could do batting wise to, show off much at a combine event other than the kind of the actual weigh-in, you know, because, geez, everybody's, everyone's weighed in and at, you know, gee, I'm 210, you go in, you weigh in, and the guy's either 228 or he's, you know, 198. And you're like, um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> and, oh, you're 6'2", except that you're 5'10 and 3 quarters. That's not 6'2". Um, you know, so that's... That's one of those things I've always loved about uh, watching the NFL combine part of things is, you know, these wide receivers that are listed at 6'4 in college suddenly are 6'1. Um, yeah. You know, that's... <laughs> that. That's shocking news. Absolutely yeah. shocking news. I, I can't believe that. But I do appreciate the fact that 
there's this world. It's going to be at Petco Park. It's happening right now. Actually, it's literally happening until June 20th, the MLB Combine. I didn't know anything about it, and now I know something. We're live on the Palazzo Podcast here. We got Benjamin Chase, Phil Goyette, myself, Mike Govier. Follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. Phil at Phil of Sports. I'm at MJ Govier. And, of course, we talk prospects on the Prospect Half Hour. And then, of course, we get these. Uh, naked Fuck Tinder. We are cheap. Okay, thank you. Great. Appreciate that. Uh, we're being spammed. That's unfortunate. Thank you for spamming us. I, I don't get those spamming. Like, what does that achieve for them? Does someone see that? Like, ooh, I'll never understand it. I just don't get it. Uh, like, they're spamming. That's much more creative than that, that people could just, fall for. So. Just, I I don't know where I heard this saying from, but somebody told me a long time ago, imagine how stupid the average person is. Mm-hmm. And because they're the average person, half of people out there are stupider than that. So, oh no, uh, you never know who's <laughs> clicking on those links. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so Kyle Stowers made his MLB debut. He got to play because Anthony Santander is against, well, at least we would have to assume he's against the vaccine because uh, he was on the restricted list, which, mm. you know, it's a rival team. I just think it's a fascinating point because you're going to miss a lot of games against your, I know the Orioles aren't playing for anything either. So maybe it's easier to make that choice because there's some other guys on the Yankees and such made the decision to get the vaccine. Cause they're like, wow, we can't miss these games in Toronto. This is like, we're going against these guys for our division. So Stowers benefits. He scored uh, he drove in a run, had a double, right? I believe. And uh, yep. he didn't play yesterday. So he'll go right back down and then we won't see him again. Right. Phil, because he's not going to be Excellent. up unless there's an injury or a trade. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't see the team doesn't. Maybe now that they've they've bled him now, they might be more willing to bring him up. But uh, I don't know. I don't. Short of something big changing, I don't see him being a key part until maybe the maybe the Hayes end Mullins aren't going months. anywhere, and Santander's uh, not going anywhere yet. So move, they could trade them. I mean, I could see Hayes getting traded. He's played well. Uh, Mullins, oh. they were trying to trade during the off season yeah. for whatever reason. I don't know why. But um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they move an outfielder or two. Santander maybe is a guy that could get traded, too. He's hit some bombs this year. So, um, but short of that, yeah, Mancini. Uh, Mancini's supposed to be getting moved. So, um, yeah, I don't that's, know. That, I think that's a spot he could take, too. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the reason he didn't play yesterday, is they had uh, Kikuchi was on the mound. So, the lefty matchup. Yeah. So, that's yep. why he sat. And I mean, you get Mancini out of there. There's a left-handed spot for him. Yeah, man, and be kind of a a bad outfielder, and uh, you know, basically and just a good uh, side of the platoon. Yeah, yeah. good side of a platoon. <laughs> uh, bad kind of left fielder, first base DH. Um, but maybe he could hit 30, 40 home runs. I mean, yeah. Wow, I mean, he could hit a yeah. lot of a lot of balls. A long ways in that field because they yeah. didn't screw around with right field. No, right. everyone's upset about what happened in left field, but they did not screw around with right field, and so a left-handed hitter in that park is still something you want. That's the key. That's the big bonus there. I completely agree with that. People are just they get locked in on the one side. They forget there's a whole other side of the field. There's the rest of a ballpark. So uh, we're gonna run out of time here. I wanted to cover quickly what happened with. These Rangers acquiring some talent from the Yankees. And you brought this up when we were talking about doing the show earlier this week, Ben, about Duran and Josh Smith and even Volpe. Like the Yankees had a nice glut here of middle infielders. And you were saying that maybe there's another team 
who could be in that vein that we're not identifying right now? Yeah, last year, the Yankees had low A, high A, and double A had a guy just completely break out all at the start of the year, you know, with yeah. Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, and Anthony Volpe. Well, they used two of those guys in order to acquire Joey Gallo, which, you know, wah, wah, wah. Um, that didn't go so well for him. But um, <laughs> it's gone very well for the Rangers because those two guys have both come up. Smith and Duran have both hit very well in short time with the Rangers when they've come up, and they hit very well in the minors so far. Um, from what I'm watching, the Rockies are starting to build something very similar this year. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar is 20 years old. He's a switch hitter in double A. Coors. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's got a 957 OPS for a shortstop, and he's going to be a shortstop. Very good defensive shortstop. One of the few guys right now in the minor leagues, there's still less than 10 guys that have double-digit home runs and steals, and he was one of the first ones to it. Uh, he's got 13 homers and 16 steals. Um, down in low A ball, they have Adele Amador, and if I'm saying any of this wrong, you can you know chew me out later. That's great. Um, he's 19, <laughs> and he's also a switch hitter, and he's got an 880 OPS, seven home runs, seven steals, I think he might be a guy that ends up more towards second or center field, but guy who's got average to above average speed and power, very good. A lot of people like his ability to put the bat to the ball. And then they signed a guy out of Cuba a couple years ago, and his name is Dion Orge, and he is finally getting his first at-bats as a professional down in the Dominican this year. And he's a guy who I love his frame. He's 6'3". He looks, he's listed at like 170. He looks like he could probably put on a solid 200 and not be thick. Like he, he could put on a lot more weight to him with a good development program. He, he has slapped the ball around a lot in international competition. Hmm. And he's come out and hit very well right away. But there's a lot of people who think he, he could stay at short. He could potentially move to third and be a really good third baseman. He's got the arm to handle those. And then just to get out of middle infield but stay up the middle, Drew Romo has actually shown that he can hit. Everyone was worried that you know he's going to be an amazing defender, which he has been at catcher. Yep. But he's in high A, still just 20 years old. He's a switch-hitting catcher, and he's putting up just under an 800 OPS. But he's hitting 296. He's doubled his walk rate this year. And, you know, the ballpark they're in there, not as easy for power as some of the other ballparks they're in. But he's put out four home runs, and he's really athletic. Eight stolen bases for a catcher. This is this is a team that's working on building things up the middle. And they're going to have some trade chips. You know, you start to build up that type of talent up the middle. Tobar... It wouldn't surprise me at all if he starts to work his way to the majors, even for a September call-up this year, let alone, I mean, but definitely could you could see him competing for some major league time next year. You know, the only thing possibly holding him back is they have a lot of young depth already at up the middle. And that's going to be the only thing that he's fighting against. But, you know, you have 
Iglesias sitting there at shortstop right now. You get him off going into next year, and it could be Tovar's position. Yeah, so. yeah. Phil, you agree with all that? Yeah, I like uh, I like the Rockies. I think Ben's right. Uh, Romo's could be a nice player for sure. So, um, my my org I thought of with this was the Cubs. As much as it pains me to say that, um, but uh, through a lot of trades uh, and in house stuff, uh, they've they're building up. If you look at their high A roster and their full their low A full season A roster, they got a lot of bats and young kids that are looking nice. Uh, just that high A South Bend. They've got Ed Howard, who was a first round pick. They've got Owen Casey, who we've talked about on the show many times. They've got on the trade from the Padres, big time power. Uh, they've got Pete Crow Armstrong, who has really turned it up this year. Uh, this kid, Johendrick Penango, might be good. Uh, Jordan Awogu from Michigan uh, was a player yeah. I liked out of the draft. Uh, DJ Hers and the pitching staff there. Um, so that's just that high A. And then at low A, they've got. Uh, Kevin Maid, who could play shortstop potentially. Reggie Preciado, they got from the Padres deal, big-time athlete. James Triantos could be a shortstop um, and could hit. And then they've got Kev- Kevin Alcantara from the Yankees there, too, who might have oh. the most upside out of anybody in the system. So between those two levels, they've got a lot of young talent. Um, and so it could be the kind of thing, I guess you're thinking 2024, 25, something like that. Looking for the uh, Cubs to start making moves. So, as painful okay. as it is to admit, well, Chris Morrell just got Chris Morrell just got called up, and he looks like he could be a player. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great stuff. All right, we got to go, but uh, real quick, guys, like a minute or less. Christian Vaccaro from the Nationals. Since we're talking about Cubans, anything to say about Christian Vaccaro? I honestly couldn't tell you off the top of my head how he's even started off the year. I okay. I haven't looked hard into him yet because he I was, appreciate that honesty. I really yeah. do. It's okay. I think our, I think our take uh, when we talked about him briefly was because he's the Nats and because they put a lot of money into him, he might be someone that you'd want to be interested in because they're pretty, they're not bad with international players. So okay. um, our boy, Luis Garcia is hitting. So, yeah. Oh my God. I love you, Luis Garcia. I love him so much. My only regret is that I didn't, win the bid on him in my main event two weeks ago. I've got outbid by the only other people in the league who were... I just happen to be the same league as Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell, and they outbid me. The other leagues, their bids were way lower on him. I just happen to be in that league of death, and I missed out because Ozzy <laughs> Albies was my second baseman. I would have loved to have had oh, Luis yeah, Garcia well, replace him. So yes. That's a darn shame. And by the way, uh, that's bad news. Sorry about Ozzy Albies, uh, Ben. It's unfortunate, but... Yeah. That does suck. Yeah. It's life. Hey, you know, I did look it up. Vaquero is, he is hitting, he opened the season, he's hitting 286 in DSL, seven games, but he's got a 429 OBP. So, I mean, that's a good is start. He even seven, is he even 17 yet? You're just uh, just 17 recently? He is 17, uh, won't turn 18 until September, so. Okay. So there it is. He's gone. But yeah. he's he's they're starting him, which is odd kind of odd for the Nationals that they're starting him in the Dominican. Usually they're big money guys. They likes to start stateside yeah. and then push really fast through the mm-hmm. system once they get him going. So it's actually kind of interesting that they're starting him in the Dominican with the opportunity to then push him up. But it'll be interesting to watch. 
Keep your All right. Well, hey. Yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, thank you, everybody, who chimed in in the chat. And Benjamin Chase is someone you should follow. Phil is someone you should follow. Follow the show, Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Utah. Big Gentle Ben, Phil Sports, MJ Govier. 30 minutes or less, we try to do a show about prospects. It's never easy. And we're very, very grateful that Ben is aboard now. And he brought so much to the show already. And he will continue to provide more and more and more. You guys have questions? You can pop them in the Discord. And then we can try to answer them during the show. And then when we're not here doing the live show, we'll try to do our best to answer them while we're in the Discord. There it is. That's the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, everybody enjoy the College World Series. And we'll see you guys next week on the Plaza Podcast. Prospects Power Half Hour. Prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.